great morning. How are we? Good, good. Well, I'm Norflet, and uh, one of the pastors at Grace, and it's glad to see you this morning. Just going to sing a little song. The blood that Jesus shed for me way back on Calvary. The blood that gives me strength from day to day, it will never lose its power, for it reaches to the highest mountain, y'all know that right, and it flows to the The blood that gives me strength from day to day, it will never, for it reaches to the highest mountain. Come on, that's the blood. And it flows to the lowest valley. The blood that gives me strength from day. help choir it will Bible says life is in the blood. And without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of the sin. So I'm thankful for the blood. Well, um, we're going to continue the series, the absolute series, and, uh, and we are absolutely not even halfway done. Uh, but the whole series is devoted so that we can know the truth, so that we can live by truth, so we don't have to guess, you know, because... Listen, truth is not relative. I don't care who your people are and they tell you that truth is level, that's your truth. No, this is the truth, right? And we live by the truth. And so that's the whole point. Luke was saying, hey, I want you to know the truth. I want you to be sure about some things. And so if you will, open your Bibles to chapter number 10. We're going to start at verse 1 and we're going to read it a little bit. And uh, then we'll pray. Uh, didn't Luke do an awesome job this morning? Yes, he did. It was wonderful. And some of you didn't even know Ron wasn't even supposed to play piano today. And so uh, Dwayne was playing, and uh, someone in his family passed. 
this morning, and he just got word, so he had to leave between services. So if you can lift up Dwayne in your prayers, uh, that would be awesome. So Luke chapter 10, verse 1. He says, after this, the Lord appointed 72 others and sent them on ahead of him, two by two into every town and place where he himself was about to go. And he said to them, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Go your way. Behold, I am sending you out as lambs in the midst of wolves. Carry no money bag, no knapsack, no sandals, and greet no one on the road. Whatever house you enter, first say, peace be to this house. And if a son of peace is there, your peace will rest upon him. But if not, it will return to you. And remain in the same house, eating and drinking what they provide, for the laborer deserves his wages. Do not go from house to house. Whenever you enter a town and they receive you, eat what is set before you. Heal the sick in it and say to them, the kingdom of God has come near to you. But whenever you enter a town and they do not receive you, go into the streets and say, even the dust of your town that clings to our feet, we wipe off against you. Nevertheless, know this, that the kingdom of God has come near. I tell you, it will be more bearable on that day for Sodom than for that town. Woe to you, Chorazin. Woe to Bethsaida, for if the mighty works done in you had been done in Tyre and Sidon, they would have repented long ago sitting in sackcloth and ashes. But it will be more bearable in the judgment of Tyre and Sidon than for you. And you, Capernaum, will you be exalted to the heaven? You shall be brought down like Hades. The one who hears you hears me, and the one who rejects you rejects me, and the one who rejects me rejects him who sent me. The 72 returns with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. And he said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Behold, I have given you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall hurt you. Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. In that same hour, he rejoiced in the Holy Spirit and said, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and understanding and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for such was your gracious will. All things have been handed over to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son, who the Son is except the Father, or who the Father is except the Son, and anyone to who the Son chooses to reveal him. Then turning to the disciples, he said privately, Blessed are the eyes that see what you see, for I tell you that many prophets and kings desire to see what you see and did not see it, and to hear what you hear and did not hear it. Let's pray. So, Father, we celebrate you, we bless you, we magnify your name, God. There is none like you in all the earth. And, uh, God, we pray that you would just receive our invitation, that you would show up and majesty and power, God, that you would speak to us. And uh, God, that we would hear your voice. God, anoint my tongue to speak, our ears to hear, our hearts to receive. And uh, God, would you pour us with the wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of your son. And, uh, we give you praise. 
And everybody said, amen. Isn't it good to be in the house of the Lord? In the land of the living? Isn't that good news? Yeah, it is. It is good news. Well, so today, the title of the message is Carry the Kingdom. Carry the Kingdom. That you and I have a responsibility to carry God's kingdom. God, we are carriers and couriers of God's kingdom. So in the places that we go, in the places that we live, in the places that we work, God has an expectation that we will take his kingdom there. Right? Kingdom, it's two words. Kingdom, it King and his dominion, his domain. How many know that we have a king? His name is King Jesus. And we have a responsibility to bring King Jesus' dominion in the places that we work and the places that we live. We are sent on a mission. God has a mission for us. In fact, if you know our, uh, uh, our mission statement, what is it? We are a mosaic striving to live like Jesus, right? And really, one of the things that I discovered... Um, and we kind of give ourselves a whole lot of credit for this, but it's, we are, it's not, that's not as important as who we become. Because who we become is to become like Jesus, that we want to be like Jesus. And so we have to ask the question, well, how did Jesus live? Well, he lived his life on mission, establishing God's kingdom. And so if we're going to be like Jesus, we've got to be on mission and establish God's kingdom. Here's the truth. Like kingdom, a king's dominion. Dominion is not a new idea. You know, Jesus, when he preached the kingdom of God, he wasn't establishing uh, a new idea per se. Uh, God has always had a mind for earth to represent his kingdom. I don't know if anybody has ever heard of these two people, Adam and Eve. Anybody ever heard of them? Yeah, 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 okay. So, Genesis 1.26, then God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness. That word man, there's mankind, not male, mankind. Let us make man in our image and after our likeness and let them have dominion. Right? So God created man in his own image, mankind, his own image. And in the image of God, he created Kim, male and female, he created them. Verse 28, and God blessed them and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply, multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion. Have dominion. Now, notice something that we get image before we get dominion. God gives you image first, or he gives you shape first, and then he gives you function. It's image before dominion. And see, what we face in our life, if we, we see people that have dominion but don't have his image. And that creates chaos. But God says, listen, you are created in my image, and now I'm giving you dominion. It's image before dominion. Now, if you have his image and his likeness, wherever you go, guess what shows up? God's kingdom. Because all Adam and Eve were, were an extension of God. They looked like him. That was God's idea. You guys with me? So our assignment begins with image, likeness. It begins uh, as shape and then, then function. 
Uh, God's image is what rules through men or what should rule through men. And God empowered mankind. He gave Adam and Eve authority and ability. How many of you know that you are empowered? To empower you means that you have authority and you have ability. But you know the story. The story is the fall of man and, and man is dispossessed of the earth by the, by the serpent. And so Paul said it another way. Paul says that the God of this world has blinded the eyes of the unbeliever lest they believe. In other words, uh, uh, in another place, Luke chapter 4, when Jesus uh, is in the wilderness, the, the enemy offered him. He says, I will give you the, the kingdoms of this world. How did he get them? He dispossessed them from man. Right? But in the fullness of time, God sent forth his son to redeem us, to redeem us uh, from the curse and to redeem us from our sins and to establish or reestablish his kingdom on earth. Second Corinthians 4 and 4, in their case, the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel, the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. Jesus represents the Father, and when we represent Jesus, we represent the Father. So we are to reestablish or re-image God in the earth. All right, I'm trying to see. But we have a challenge, and the challenge is this, is sometimes we want God to do what he wants us to do. I remember some years ago, uh, several years ago, um, Shanae, my wife, and my son Caleb used to have turf wars, wars. He was about three or four. I don't know if anybody ever experienced turf wars with a baby. And so, you know, they're arguing, going back and forth. And one moment, Caleb looked at my wife and he says, you know what? When daddy gets home, you're going to get a whooping. <laughs> and that's not because I beat my wife. <laughs> don't beat your wife. But somewhere along the line, Caleb figured out that when daddy comes home, he's going to establish order. Or so he thought. <laughs> and so he got in his mind that when dad shows up, everything's going to get back in place. And mom, dad's going to put you in place. My wife's like, try it. <laughs> He's like, yeah, try it. Yeah. Hot grits. Hot grits. <laughs> and so sometimes... We're waiting, we're waiting on God to do something that he wants us to do. And the question that we have to ask ourselves, are we still waiting on daddy? See, this is where this text shows up. The text comes out of Jesus sending, his, uh, sending 72 others. He sends his disciples out. And wherever God sends you, he's given you the authority and the ability to do what he's asked you to do. So some moments, God's like, listen, you handle it. Exercise the authority and the ability that I've given you. And this is really also interesting when you take note of this, is that Jesus sends them out. And anybody from last week, Doug gave us 10 words that we should remember uh, that the Father says in, in, the, in the Mount of Transfiguration, he says, this is my son, my chosen one, listen to him. 
And then Doug went on to list a whole bunch of things that, we, that the disciples didn't listen to God in. Right? They're vying for, for position like, hey, who's the greatest? Not listen to Jesus. You know, um, someone else is doing miracles and, and the sons of Zebedee, John and James, like, hey, you want us to call down fire on them? I mean, you know, they're just of a, of a bad spirit. Uh, he comes down from the mountain of transfiguration uh, and him, he, him with Peter and James and John and the other disciples meet a man uh, and his son who's a demoniac and they couldn't heal him. And so, you know, I mean, just failure after failure after failure. Yet Jesus says, let me use you again. He's a good God. He's like, listen, you're not disqualified yet. I'm not done with you. I'm yet learning you some sense. I'm yet teaching you. And so this is where we find ourselves in this story. So notice what he says first. Jesus says, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Now, sometimes I read stuff and I'm like, What's that about? Like, what? I mean, God knew that we needed laborers. Why? He didn't just send them. Why do we have to pray for them? Right? He knows what it needs. Why don't he just send them? Well, I believe that God wants us to be dependent. See, the prayerless life is a prideful life. A prayerful life is saying, I got this. A prayerless life is, I got this. A prayerful life is, God, I need you. But notice what Jesus says. He says, listen, the harvest, it's reaping time. It's reaping time. It's time to reap. And it's plentiful. Man, it is plentiful, but we've got a problem. We need some laborers. We need some workers. How many know that the the challenge today is that we still need some workers? That will go out and harvest souls. Listen, harvest is more about souls than it's about houses and cars and money. And I believe in a hundredfold return, but God is concerned about souls. He's looking for people that would stand in the gap and establish his kingdom where there's darkness. Establish hope where where, where there's the hopeless. He's looking for someone to show up and be a part of his mission. Next he says, go your way. Behold, I am sending you out as lambs in the midst of wolves. And at that moment, some of us are out. Lambs in the midst of wolves? Um, I don't know about that. Carry no money bag. Don't take no money with you. No knapsack, no snacks. No sandals, greet no one on the road. And I believe that Jesus is trying to teach us not to be distracted by our own need. Because you have a mission. God has an assignment for you to establish his kingdom. It's the same assignment that he gave to Adam and Eve. You know, be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. Take dominion. It's the same mission he's given us, and we shouldn't be concerned about 
what we need. Jesus said it in a different way in Matthew chapter 6. He says, which one of you added an inch to your stature by worrying? Worried about what? What am I going to eat? What am I going to wear? Where am I going to stay? Sounds familiar, right? He's like, listen, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things you're concerned about will be added to you. So don't pray about all the need. Pray for laborers. See, Matthew 6 verse 10 says this, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. And look, we pray for the kingdom. We seek the kingdom. We want God's dominion. We want his rule. We want his way of doing things. We want to establish God's government in the earth. I believe that's what Jesus did. And so God says, listen, be dependent. Be dependent. Be dependent. Notice this. Let's keep reading. He says, if a son of peace is there, your peace will rest upon him. But if not, it will return to you. And remain in the same house, eating and drinking what they provide for the labor deserves his wages. In other words, God says, listen, trust me on the journey. I've sent some provision ahead of time for you. Better amen than that. I've, sent, I've made provision for you ahead of time. So when you go, your provision is in your going. Do not go from house to house, but whenever you enter a town and they receive you, eat what is set before you, heal the sick in it, and say to them, the kingdom of God has come near to you. So here it is that Matthew 10 says that we should pray, uh, Matthew yeah, says that we, uh, 6 and 10 says we shall pray for the kingdom. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. 33 says that we seek the kingdom, seek ye first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness and all these things will be added. And now here, he says, whatever town you go into, heal the sick. He says, bring the kingdom. That we have a responsibility to bring the kingdom. And then he says this, and say to them, the kingdom of God is near to you. So preach the kingdom. Pray the kingdom, seek the kingdom. Bring the kingdom, preach the kingdom. That's our responsibility. It's to show up as his representatives. And know this, whenever God sends you, again, he empowers you. Empower means to give you authority and ability. Authority and ability. Authority and ability. Notice this, and even when they do not accept your message, he says, and say to them, the kingdom of God is near you. Now, how was the kingdom of God near? It's near because you showed up. The King James in Luke 17, verse 1, I think, says like this, the kingdom of God is within you. ESV says the kingdom of God is in the midst of you. So wherever you show up, you bring God's kingdom. What would happen if you showed up to work with God's kingdom? 
What would happen at work if you, at home if you showed up with God's kingdom? What would happen in the schoolhouse if you showed up with God's king, the king's dominion in mind? God, come and dominate here. God, come and dominate here. See, we get messed up because we start taking things personal. It's not about you. Verse 16 says, the one who hears you hears me, and the one who rejects you rejects me, and the one who rejects me rejects him who sent me. So it's not about you. Don't take it personal. Listen, uh, so I'm, I'll tell you two stories. So about, I don't know, if a week and a half, two weeks ago, we were uh, on our way to a gas station, pulling up the gas station, and, you know, depending on what gas stations you go to, people ask you for spare change. I don't know if anybody know about that. And so I'm, I'm in a gas station, and I saw a lady. She was at the bus stop, and she saw me, and she was like, excuse me, sir. And, and I was like, ooh, let me dip. I'm just, I'm just being honest. I knew it was coming. I didn't want to deal with it. And so I went into the store, got my gas. I came out, and she was still there. And she's like, excuse me, sir, can I get, I need $10 because I need some medicine. <laughs> somebody said, somebody, that ain't spare change. <laughs> hey, I feel like this. I got six kids, ain't nothing spare. I mean, four kids, ain't nothing spare. Every nickel got an assignment, right? <laughs> so anyway, she's like, I got, I need $10 to get some medicine. And so, you know, I know I'm being about to be, I'm, I know I'm being played. So, but listen, I do sincerely want to meet a need if I can. So I ask questions. That's what I do. So I'm like, okay, well, what, do you, what kind of medicine do you need? What hurts? What, what's, what's the problem? What's, what's wrong with your body? <laughs> and she's like, well, I, I need this for my blood pressure. And this, and this hurt and that hurt. And I'm like, okay. All right. I said, so where's your prescription at? Is it CVS? Because we just go and get it. You know, I'm, I'm asking questions. And she's like, okay, I'm lying. That's what she said. And so I proceed to say, listen, you know, I'm, I'm inconvenienced. But I'm like, listen, I, listen, God doesn't want you living like this. So now, now I'm getting spiritual. Right? I didn't want to be bothered. But I'm like, okay, God doesn't want you living like this. What's up? You know, let me, can I pray for you? By that time, my wife was coming out the car, and she's, you know, She's the really good one in the family. And she's getting out the car, and she's really empathetic. And I, at that point, I didn't really have compassion initially, I'm telling you. And, uh, and so I'm, I'm like, well, is, let's pray. If someone hurt anybody, we'll pray because you, you need, um, you know, pain meds. And so Sinead, you know, well, she, you know, Sinead went and laid hands on her, on her ankle, and God healed her. And she left dancing. And I don't say that because we good. <laughs> you know, because I really didn't want to do it. You know, so. But then just yesterday, yesterday I'm at Home Goods, And I saw a lady when she had the, you know, the uh, oxygen thing and she walked around. And I knew I was supposed to pray for her, but I'm like, I don't want to pray for her. I don't know if y'all ever been there. You feel like God is compelling you to do something. You just don't want to do it. Because, you, you know, you think it's about you. 
you're taking it personal. Like, what is it? She's like, ooh, he probably wants spare change. Right? I'm going to approach her. She's like, he wants spare change. <laughs> you don't know what she's doing. You know, I don't know what she's doing. But I'm like, ah. And so I kind of, you know, I, I was really actually kind of creepy because I'm kind of following her but not really wanting to obey Jesus. Like, okay, when am I going to do this? Like, skip a rope. You going to jump in? You going to jump out? You going to jump in? And I'm just, I, I'm just telling you what I was doing. And, and so I, I walked away. And then, you know, I was like, man, you know, so, you know sometimes following Jesus is about taking risk. Taking risk is faith, right? And so I didn't want to take the risk. But then I muffed up enough confidence, like, okay, I'm about to really do this thing now. And she was gone. And I missed my opportunity. So I'm not, you know, there are people that are hurting and need light. And sometimes we are ashamed or we are afraid or we don't have enough courage to meet the need. But God has sent us to establish his kingdom. See, we're worried about eating and drinking and where we're going to stay in the clothes on our back. But Paul says, I believe it's 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4. He says, no, I'm sorry, it's, uh, it's Romans 14, verse 17. He says, the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking. It's righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. So righteousness there is not righteousness or right relating to God. It's about establishing justice, right? So what, 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 well, what's unjust or the injustice is that the enemy has come in and ravaged her life. And so what the believer is to do is to come in and reorganize that and bring justice. Because the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace. Peace, not just peace with God, but the peace of God, right? And you can only give what you have. If you ain't got no peace, you can't get nobody no peace. And so when we, we encounter the kingdom, there's this peace that should overtake our lives. So we don't live our lives um, uh, constantly in anxiety. So Paul would teach us that we should always give thanks in the peace of God which surpasses all understanding, will guard our hearts, minds, and Christ Jesus, that there is a peace that we can have that we don't even understand why we're at peace. All kind of chaos breaking out in our life, and we're like, you know what? I'm good. Maybe I'm good because I trust that he's good. And then joy, that I know how to release joy. Why? Because I am in relationship with the Father. Listen, the very next verse, uh, well, I'm sorry, one of the very next verse. Next verse says that in Jesus rejoiced in the Holy Ghost. He tells them, he says, listen, uh, they're like, they come back, the 72 return, and they're like, even the demons are subject to us in your name. There's no other name. There's, even the demons are subject to us in our name, in your name. And, and Jesus, listen, I saw Satan fall like lightning. He said, but listen, I've given you authority over all the power of the, uh, uh, over all the power, I've given you authority over snakes and scorpions and all the power of the enemy. And he makes the statement, he says, but don't rejoice in that. Rejoice that your name is written in the book. Rejoice because you are in right relationship with me. Right. Let that be the moment you rejoice. 
But it's good news. I, you know, I, I, I kind of think that he gave the news late, but, you know, Jesus actually did it right. But I'm just thinking he did it late. I mean, after he tells them that I'm sending you as lambs and wolves, then he tells you that, you know, I've given you authority over snakes and scorpions. I was like, you could have told me that first. <laughs> right? But this is my son, my chosen one. Listen to him. God doesn't have to tell you the whole story. Just obey. They come back and they're like, man, we are the bomb. Even the demons are subject to us. We got it going on. Yeah, boy. And Jesus says, listen, I've given you authority. So even your successes are not about you. It's because God has given you authority. Now, notice this. The word authority there is the Greek word exousia, right? It's I've given you the right or I've given you the the influence. Uh, If we were going to use it in in, uh, police officer terms, it would be the badge. You have a badge, right? That badge says that you have the right to do some things, right? And he says, I've given, you authority over, uh, over, I've given you authority over snakes and scorpions and over all the power. Now, that word power there is the Greek word dunamis. That means that's explosive power. So where authority is the badge, dunamis is the gun. Right? Are you with me? It's explosive power. And so what Jesus actually says, listen, you're, you have more influence over the enemy's dunamis. Your badge, because you represent him, represent him, has more power or more authority than when the enemy comes to break up in your life. So what you do in those moments is you say, listen, Satan, the Lord rebuke you. Satan, the blood of Jesus is against you. I'm a child of God and I am going to enforce my victory. Because he's giving you authority. There are some things that we're waiting for God to do. He's like, you do it. I've given you authority and I've given you ability. I've given you exousia and I've given you dunamis. I've given you power. Listen. God has, you are empowered. You are well equipped for the journey. To establish God's kingdom, we pray for his kingdom, thy kingdom come. We seek his kingdom. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness. Mm -hmm. We bring the kingdom. When they're sick among you, deal with it. And we say the kingdom of God is near. We preach the kingdom. So I'm going to invite Ron to come and we're actually going to practice bringing the kingdom. Mm-hmm. We're going to practice bringing the kingdom. So what I want you to do, if you're courageous enough, if you have an illness in your body, I would just invite you to stand. Maybe it's uh, emotional. Maybe it's physical. Uh, you know, maybe it's mental. You can start playing right. I want you to stand. Be courageous. 
It's all right. We family, right? Are we family? Yeah, we're family. And so what I'm going to ask the others of you to do is if you see someone sinning, I just want you to walk over and lay a hand on them. Just lay a hand. If you're still standing and no one's touching you, just raise your hand. If you're standing and no one's touching you, raise your hand. Just pray God's kingdom come. And so I'm just going to ask you to pray. We're going to sing. You pray. Speak to the illness in the body. The illness be gone in Jesus' name. Overflow in this place Fill our hearts with your love Your love surrounds us You're the reason we came To encounter your love Your love surrounds us Atmosphere is changing now. Father, would you bring your kingdom? For the Spirit of the Lord. God, would you touch and make whole? God, would you deliver and save? The evidence is all around. Oh, we need your power. That the Spirit of the Lord is here. The Atmosphere is changing now. For the Spirit of the Lord is here. The evidence, the evidence is all around. The Spirit, the Spirit of the Lord is here. Overflow. Overflow in this place, fill our hearts with your love, your love surround. Pray for them, pray for them. You're the reason we came to encounter your love, your love surround.
kingdom come, pray it. Your kingdom come, your will be done here as in heaven. Come on, make this your prayer. Spirit of God, fall fresh on us. We need your and desist in the name of Jesus. Cut diabetes would not have its place. It doesn't belong here, Lord. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. Lord, there's no sickness in heaven. So would you heal us? Cut the pain that's in the back of the neck right now. I pray that you would heal it. God, that you would heal the rotator cup in the name of Jesus. And so if someone touched you and they laid hands on you, you know, you had pain, just, just kind of move it and see if God's done something with it. Take the risk. And so, Father, I pray, I thank you that you are present. God, I pray that for the lost soul in this building, God, that they would encounter your presence and that you would snatch them out of the kingdom of darkness and the kingdom of your dear son. God, we pray this in the name of Jesus. God, I pray that you would give us courage to go in our mission field, God, in doctor's offices, law offices, schoolhouses, in plants, and in grocery stores, God, that you, we would take your kingdom there in our homes that we'd establish your kingdom of God, kingdom of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. We pray this in Jesus' name. Everybody say amen.